Uh, so I'll uh, jump. I'll jump right into it here. Um, so welcome to another episode of Slightly Biased. I'm your host, Stephen Rosner, where I bring you the best sports second analysis I can find from all around the country, with my help from Overtime Heroics. Um, here with me tonight is two of my friends from there. We'll be covering the breaking news of Antonio Brown has signed with the New England Patriots, and the seventh Lombardi Trophy is pretty much here. Um, anyways, we got Justin Holcomb and Lachad Bigley here tonight. Um, what do you guys? What do you guys going to say? Well, I just want to start off by saying uh, thank you for having me. I definitely appreciate being here. Um, definitely, the Antonio Brown news kind of throws everything in a loop, but uh, I'm definitely happy to be here. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> definitely happy to get the season started. Yeah, I'm. I'm right there with you guys. I'm us on to help you out here with your slightly biased podcast love the name of it by the way i think everybody's shook right i know we kind of had a plan going into this podcast but i feel like he screwed everybody's plans up oh yeah he he, yeah he didn't just screw up the rest of the league's plans he screwed up our plans too because because i am there's no way i can't i can't talk about this right now it's almost like my duty to cover this on the pod. Um, one, of the, one of the things that's confusing me here, though, is that his contract that he signed with us is $15 million with $10 million guaranteed. We only had $6.2 or $6.3 million left on our tax base. It does look like Demarius Thomas is on his way out of New England, the way I see it, at the very least. Which is weird because he was there, then they cut him, and then they brought him back. So yeah, it looks like he's probably on his way back out to make room for him for sure. Yeah, I, I I'm wondering if this was Antonio Brown's plan. I don't think this was part of Bill Belichick's original plan, uh, and that's why we saw that the Marius Thomas thing of cutting him and making the, and finding the roster spot for him to come back. I think I I don't think Belichick saw this falling into his lap. No, and also, you, you have to think that New England's figuring they they have no risk here. If it doesn't work out, they can just cut them, and it pretty much won't cost them anything. So, but if it does work out, you probably have a top three wide receiver in the league. So, either way, it works out for New England. It's it's a perfect Patriot move. This this has been happening in my life as a Dolphins fan for twenty years now, <laughs> and. <laughs> like there's nothing you can do about it you just have to sit back and watch it happen i'm just waiting for about week eight gronk to come out and say guys i feel great let's make another run and do it and then nobody stands a chance <laughs> definitely will not surprise me yeah yeah so imagine that gronk antonio brown julian edelman and josh gordon it's that's impossible to cover it's an afc pro bowl especially team. when you can yeah, exactly. Well, not they won't exactly be in the Pro Bowl though, because they'll be on their way to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I hate to say that Justin being a being a Dolphins fan, um, I the first, one of the first things that came to mind for me is that nineteen and zero. I they might they might think they have unfinished business there. I I don't. I'm not want to predict anything. I hate to talk about that this early, but. When was the last time that Bill Belichick 
went and loaded his defensive roster and his offensive roster with superstars. Even with t- taking on, I, I can't remember the last time he's had this much talent on both sides of the ball. I feel like it's either been one of the or, one or or, but I I can't remember in all the time of watching them that they've had this much talent all around their team. Yeah, neither, neither can I. Uh, besides maybe that 2007 season, which I actually think. That defense might be potentially more talented. I, I think we already have one of the best secondaries in, in the NFL. We have arguably the best cornerback in the NFL in Stephon Gilmore. And this defense last year in the Super Bowl, you all saw what they produced like that. And then they went out. We lost Trey Flowers, but we added back. We got Jamie Collins back here, and we added Michael Bennett to the roster for Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, it's almost not fair, you know, me being a Texans fan and having to go through this every single year where the the Patriots <laughs> pretty much dominate. Um, I guess for um, people in Boston, it doesn't get old, but I think the rest of the league is just shaking their heads right now. Oh, we are. We're tired of it. <laughs> See, what's good to me is I, I don't even go to these uh, these parades. It's like I get to work. And all the parades do is end up screwing up my commute home on the train. But I still love <laughs> I was gonna say, I, I don't have yeah. much sympathy for you in disliking your parades. Yeah, I, I, I think most people will be okay with parades. Yeah, with I, you. I, still <laughs> yeah. I usually get, I, sometimes I get multiple parades a year. Uh, I don't know Boston, about baseball this Boston year, though. Is title town, <laughs> as much as I hate to say it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I get a baseball parade again this year. Fucking Dave Dombrowski. Yeah, yeah, we don't need a relief pitcher. But yeah, so I mean, it, is this 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 has to be the best wide receiver core in the NFL now, right? It, I mean, I, I probably would definitely say. I mean, you have Edelman, you have Gordon, you have Brown. I mean, then let's just be honest. When it's Brady he pretty much makes every wide receiver look like the best receiver in the league. So, I mean, you had a talent like Brown, and it's almost not fair. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, if yeah, you look, and... I, the only rosters I could think that could even come close to challenging it would be Atlanta or Cleveland. But when you look top to bottom at the star power, there's nobody that can top New England with it. No. No, I don't. I don't think so either. I was gonna say maybe the Chiefs, but no, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I, this this is a fascinating offensive work to me. <laughs> I, I I never saw this coming. I, not until I saw the Vegas odds two to one. I don't know if you guys saw me tweet that out earlier. The Vegas had the odds after the Antonio Brown signing, two to one odds that he would sign with the New England Patriots. Now, do you see any parallel between this and Randy Moss? I mean, Randy Moss wasn't as big of a head case, but it's kind of a similar situation, don't you think? I had a very similar situation considering he's coming back from the Raiders, too. Yeah, I was going to say, I actually I, I saw a meme or whatever uh, not, not long after it that said uh, – it showed a picture of Belichick with a bubble above his head, and he said, you know, it feels like 2007. 
Uh, and now that you guys say that, I don't know if anyone's wearing number 81 in New England right now. No, not that I know of. Not that I saw, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if he comes back and wears 81, there's definitely a Randy Moss parallel here. And I, if he and comes like back and say, he's, so he's not available to play. That's be completely trolling Randy Moss. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. Because I think eighty-four is available too. Since <laughs> Patterson left, unless one of the rookies took that. So if he, yes, exactly. If he goes and takes eighty-one, that is absolute the best trolling ever by Antonio Brown. Was, was this a plan? Was this the craziest, most elaborate? Well, like you said earlier, I, I think this was Antonio Brown's plan. He, I think he got to Oakland, saw that the roster wasn't going to win, and he figured he, he has to get out of there, and that was the best way to do it. And Oakland did everything they could to <laughs> keep him there for some reason, but I think this was his ultimate plan uh, to, to get out of there. But New England side, I just think they just felt like they saw opportunity and they jumped on it. Yeah, I mean, I. it's hard to think from the very beginning yeah, that this could I, have been a plan, but I think as soon as he saw the writing on the wall, the wheels started going in motion. And I, in five years, we'll either look back and say Antonio Brown was the most unhinged, crazy person we've ever seen, or he was the most absolute genius <laughs> of a player anybody has ever dealt with. It's one of the two. There is no medium ground. That is true. Yeah, yeah, it's a, that's pretty much it right now. He's it's one or the other. He's either the absolute craziest person we've ever seen, which I was thinking, which I was saying today. The last even before he signed here, the last seventy-two hours of Antonio Brown news. I was asking the was enough to. I fill was asking up a myself full. the legit question: Is he going through like pre an undiagnosed like? CTE, like, is there serious problems with this guy? Because it, it just wasn't normal. Like, it's just not normal behavior. I, I was going to say to stop this podcast tonight that it's not right to laugh at people who probably have severe mental health issues that need to be checked out, but that I was going to laugh at it anyway. <laughs> but, but now I don't even know if he's mental. He might have, well, he, he's still a little mental. He's definitely mental. But he, as you said, he might he might have just been a genius and orchestrated you know, the way say out of Oakland. Genius normally isn't accepted until well after its time, and I, this could definitely be one of those cases. Well, I think the the amazing thing is, <laughs> I, I can't believe that he just started doing this. Like, how in the world did Mike Tomlin and Pittsburgh keep all this out of the news all these years? I mean, because I can't imagine that he just started acting this crazy just in the last few days. Oh, I think that goes to show how strong of an organization Pittsburgh is. Yes, exactly. How well they were able to keep stuff like that yeah, under wraps it, and keep it yeah, in-house as much as they could, even with the live locker room videos and stuff like that. Like, they never had anything like this. Yeah, since you guys brought up the Steelers, how horrible of a day are the Steelers having? Well, think about Earlier, Steelers fans all around the world laughing their asses off. Oh, we got Brown out of here. Well, that head chase. Fuck the Raiders. Fuck Brown. 
Uh, he's a yeah, they now. were in the middle of doing their victory lap, and all of a sudden, a group of school children came out with water balloons and just ruined their life. And not for nothing, it was something that I was going to talk about tonight anyway, is that tomorrow night, the Patriots have, have one of the best flex moves ever in the NFL, is we get to raise banner number six with the Steelers coming here, being originally the only team to have six. Football championships. And now we've tied them. And we were already dropping that banner on them. And now we get to – he can't play tomorrow, but I, we might have Antonio Brown on the sideline tomorrow like, waving them in the face. Would you suit him up just simply as a big middle finger to the entire Steelers sideline? Just put him in the jersey? Um, I I don't know because they, they already said that he can't play tomorrow night, so I don't know if – well, but he could actually, actually come. I was gonna to say he, field he don't have toss. to play, but I'd put him in pads in a uniform and say, "Just stand here and stare at him." Yeah. He can be an honorary captain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just do that. Yeah, he just come out, to, come out to the middle of the yes. coin toss. That'll be perfect. Oh my gosh! Yes, that'll be the ultimate flex move. Oh my God! Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my God. Like Bill Belichick be doesn't smile I, I, on the football field very much, but I think you would see a smirk on his face during that coin toss. Uh, it's a possibility. <laughs> that, but just him knowing their playbook, I mean, that's, that's going to be a big deal. I mean, he doesn't even have to play, but he'll know their playbooks, their audibles. He'll be able to tell the Patriots a lot just from just from being there his entire career. Oh, he can tell anybody better than anyone what Big Ben's tendencies are going to be, what he's going to be looking like at versus certain coverages and exactly where he's going to be looking at in the red zone. And, yeah, that I mean, information like that is invaluable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Brady already owns the Steelers to begin with. And now tomorrow he gets to have Big Ben's best receiver for most of his career. Probably the best receiver Big Ben ever had in his career. Standing with the type talking to him before the game, telling stuff about how what what the, that defense might do and that offense might do. And if he's if he gives Belichick any sense, Belichick already owns the field too. That game, I, I was thinking we were going to win by ten points. I gotta call it maybe seventeen now. Me. <laughs> At least I, I think they're putting on a show. Uh, tomorrow night. I can't imagine what it was like to own Antonio Brown in fantasy and go through this roller coaster and how many people were so close to dropping him or trading him away. And then as soon as he gets signed to the Patriots, all of a sudden they have a golden ticket to the playoffs. Yeah, well, like we said, is this threw everything um, out of whack? Threw everyone's plans out of whack. And one of the things I was going to talk about is how. I was glad I didn't draft Antonio Brown in fantasy this year. I was glad that I passed over him in both my leagues. And I was telling people to pass over him because earlier I knew something like that was going to happen, that he was going to get released by the Raiders or something. I, I knew he was going to pull something off. And I, I wanted to see how everything played out. I, I did not see this coming. But really at all. Not until after he was officially gone from Vegas. Yeah. It's weird Pretty to say it. Vegas, but yeah, the other Vegas Raiders. 
after he was officially out of the Raiders. Um, no, it's I, I, it's the more you talked about it, the more you thought about it. It just felt like you know maybe he would come here because it does. It, much as everyone says, Bill likes to say here at least, Bill Belichick doesn't bring in troubled players. Really, actually, a staple of what he does is bring in guys with an ego and a mouth and you know a bad, a troubled past uh, who need a ring and need to prove themselves. And he brings them in for one or two years. They go and do just that, and then they go and get paid I mean, money to, At least not what I can remember, Corey Dillon. I mean, he was kind of like a similar case. Exactly. Thank you. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Corey and uh, Rodney Harrison. So I do have a question as far as with New England. So what do you, what do you think they're going to do at tight end? You know, I know Gronk can still has his chance to come back, but right now you have, you know, a couple of guys that, are, you know, don't have a lot of experience. So, do you think they're going to do anything else with tight end, or just stick with the people they have? Um, you know, that is a good question. I, I think if there was a good tight end available, a big name tight end, they would go and get it. Um, you do really all. You don't need a tight end, a big name tight end to go and catch balls. Of it's, it's just extremely nice to have. And one of the things with having this many big size receivers, you got to remember that when the Keel Harry comes off of IR, and we have Jacoby Myers, we have a couple of guys here now that can run those seam routes that Gronk used to run, that Brady is great at throwing. So we do have that question mark out of the way. I think the blocking, we obviously are going to miss from Gronk. That was the most understated part of his game. Is No one talked about last year. They all said, there was, oh, you know, he's not getting the ball as much. He's not making as many big plays. And he was blocking his ass off the majority of that season. They ran right behind him. Oh, he, he basically play played offensive tackle his exactly. last year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and then all of a sudden in the Super Bowl and at the end of the AFC Championship, and just, yeah, let me go out and make another huge catch. Yeah, Gronk just wakes up in the morning, catches but, uh, 69 touchdowns, and goes back to bed. <laughs> um, I've been watching. I do like coming back at tight end. I do think that's another nice addition. Um, I, I know he's past his age. He's past his prime. But I do think he's at least serviceable. And when you have uh, this many receivers spreading the field, then you can kind of place fucking anybody at tight end, really. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I feel like them not bringing back Dwayne Allen after he got cut from the Dolphins, I feel like that kind of showed their direction of uh, going with more – towards their bigger receivers, like you said, when Nikhil Harry, Jacoby Myers, Josh Gordon, they have guys with the body size that can fill that Gronk role. They don't necessarily have to be coming from the tight end. So you just get the best blocking tight end you can, and you let your big receivers work the seams. Yeah, and that's – 
Yeah, and, and Mikhail Harris don't have week one, but he is a great run blocker when he comes back. That's something people don't talk about in his game. He's a very good run blocker. That's the thing about Belichick. I think he he really doesn't have a game plan. He he'll he'll go one game where he'll run forty times a game, and then the next mm-hmm. game Brady will throw fifty. So mm-hmm. I think if you have Brown in there, I, I don't think he'll have any any problem throwing the ball thirty, forty times a game if he has to. No, I don't think so either. And I don't think Brady minds doing that. And I think somehow even at the age of 42, I think this guy is still capable of doing that. Actually, he threw 44 times against the Chargers last year in the in the first round of the playoffs. And we actually absolutely decimated them in the first half. Everyone thought we, thought we ran him over with the run game, which we did. But Brady threw the ball 44 times that game. So he can still do that. Yeah. The master of this, the game plan. Like, he doesn't have a set scheme. He doesn't have a set style. It's different from week to week. Like, it, that's why it's so hard to game plan for the Patriots because for five weeks in a row, Brady could be averaging 50 passes, and that's all you prepare for. And then, boom, they run it down your throat 60 times that game, and you're just Yeah, well, speaking of what you guys are talking about, remember, um, Ray, like two-game wonder here in New England? All of a sudden, out of nowhere, we had a run for like 240 yards and four touchdowns, and then I think he was cut. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was the Colts. And uh, they played against the Colts. Yeah, I remember. Uh, Who was it? Jonas Gray? Yeah, Jonas Gray. He ran it. He opened it up. He was. He kept saying, "I did good." <laughs> After the game, it was all "I, I, not me." And then he just, he just didn't play again. <laughs> well, it kind of. Rem- and yeah, that's like. I was just gonna say, it kind of reminds me of um, coaches that leave New England. It's like everyone thinks they're great because they're in New England. But as soon as they leave, it's, it's a totally different story. And I can kind of attest to that with Bill O'Brien. It's like. You're a genius when you're in New England because you have Belichick and you have Brady, but once you leave, it's a whole different story. Oh yeah, I'm I'm really have my fingers crossed that Brian Flores can flip that script. <laughs> oh my God, I wasn't even thinking about that at first. Both of my guests here have former New England coordinators as their head yes. coaches. Pretty much yes, the whole Texas he's had team. to endure it a little longer than I have. I'm a, I'm a rookie to the New England head coach game. Well, our coordinator and our coach. This is, this is great. I, I have a Jackson fan and a Texans fan on where I get to I get to basically just brag about Antonio Brown now being a Patriot. I'm, yes, and the, and the Texas play on this show. I actually feel a little bit bad for you. <laughs> um. Yeah, so, well, I already did my game preview, basically, is um, tomorrow night, um, the Patriots are just kissing the Steelers right the fuck off. The Steelers fan base is driven to hell. Um, Earlier, I tweeted Drew Rosenhaus. uh, Someone should do a health and well-being check on that guy after the Antonio Brown get released. But I think he's all right. He's all set right now. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I think he's happy. Uh, so I'll start with you. Uh, what's uh, what's uh, your game preview here? What's uh, your, your uh, favorite game of the week? talking Texans and Saints on Monday night. Um, of course, we all know how the, the Saints season ended, well, the last two years, um, where they were extremely close to the Super Bowl, and you had the miracle in Minnesota, and then last year, of course, the, the big non-pass uh, interference call against the Rams. So, of course, they're coming into this season thinking that they're Super Bowl contenders, and uh, of course, they face off against the Texans the first first game, and Texans have had a lot of turnover, of course, in the last two or three weeks. You had uh, Clowney going out. They brought in Tunzo. They brought in Kenny Stills. Um, Miller being out for the year. They've now added Carlos Hyde. Um, But the way I look at this game and the key matchups, to me, are going to be whether Deshaun Watson in his third year can take that next step. And you're going into New Orleans probably – probably the hardest place to play in the entire league with the crowd noise and everything. And that's definitely something that's going to be a big factor because I think the Texans will be able to score with the Saints. But I, I think the biggest problem is the Texans' offensive line, even though Tunzel is an upgrade, you're still dealing with a lot of new faces on the offensive line. And you probably had the worst offensive line in the league last year. So um, any additions will be an upgrade, but – it just depends on how fast they're going to be able to gel together, um, whether Deshaun Watson is going to be able to keep up with Drew Brees the entire game. Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to watch that game, mainly side of the Saints, just to see how much of a hangover they're going to have from, you know, missing out on the Super Bowl just by an inch the past two years and how hungry and angry they are to try and make a run here at the end of Breeze's career. That that game should be a barn burner. Yeah, and, and... yeah absolutely, too. And uh, it's, it's in New Orleans, correct? So it's, 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 it's a dome game. And so it's uh, – both teams are going to be able to throw the ball, and both teams can obviously throw the ball. You have two very good quarterbacks. Both have a very, at least one very good wide receiver. So you're, you're definitely going to see some points scored there. You're definitely going to see a lot of yards. That's definitely, definitely a yeah, shooter. I mean, the Texans are definitely the underdogs, but Justin, uh, the Saints are going to be without two of their starting defensive tackles. Um, that was probably their biggest Achilles heel is their defense. So I, I definitely think it's going to be a lot of points put up in this game. And I would love to say the Texans are going to win, but. New Orleans is probably going to come out on fire and it's going to, I would say, come down to the fourth quarter and come down to Bill O'Brien versus Sean Payton. And unfortunately, I'll probably have to get a nod to Sean Payton. Um, so that's probably why I'm picking the Saints to win. But it's, it's going to be a close game. It, it can definitely go either way. And that crowd will definitely be a factor late in the game. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to say if uh, I was interested in one game, not those two, because you guys both took my top two choices as far as the most interesting games. I'm looking just because being a Dolphins fan, I mean, Steve, you're with you and the Patriots. I think my most interesting game to watch is the Jets and the Bills. Simply for the fact of Sam Darnold 
Allen and the way these teams are trying to set themselves up for life after Brady. And I really just want to watch this game to find out, like, which team is ready to make that next step and try to take that throne. Because it's going to be one of these two teams. The Dolphins are a couple years behind still. So you've got to be looking at the Jets and the Bills with their young quarterbacks and what they've been able to put around them. And they both have top five, top ten defenses. I mean, I, I think both of them make a strong case to push for the wild card at the end of the year. Was going to say that maybe they could make a case for the division title if a certain couple things went their way against the Patriots. But I, th- I think the Patriots basically all but guaranteed that they were just going to win another AFC title. And, uh, but, and I mean, you just, with Gase going to New York from Miami and you've got Josh Rosen in Miami too. So three out of the top five quarterbacks from that draft class are in one division. It's just the AFC East to me right now, it's the, it's the laughing stock of the league. It's at the bottom, but I give it three to four years. And I feel like it'll be up there with the AFC West and the NFC West and East, as far as like one of the strongest conferences in the league. Yeah, and I agree. Uh, yeah, I can see that. That is an interesting matchup. Actually, that, uh, that's such a good one to bring on. That's, that is an interesting one. And I, I am actually excited to see uh, what Sam Donald has himself. Like, he is a talented young quarterback. Obviously, I don't want to see him do good right now in our championship window or really at all when it comes against the Patriots. But, you know, I I – I'll, I'll, I'll move for the kid, I guess, a little bit. You know, I, I don't want to see him fail completely. And so I don't, I got to ask you guys this. Uh, don't, don't want to stop the season. How do you guys watch when uh, you know, your team's not on? You go uh, red zone or you just pick a game? I'm not going to lie to you. I uh, piggyback off of my aunt's <laughs> Sunday ticket, and I just go uh, multiple boxes as I can and just try to – catch little bits and pieces of the games and stuff like that from there because the red zone for me it's like crack like I can't pay attention to anything my blood just gets going my vision gets blurry and then at the end of it my hair's a mess and all of a sudden I just have a bunch of fantasy points that I don't know where they came from (laughs) anyway I got I gotta jump on that definitely it's definitely red zone and me being a fantasy player it's it's a good thing being a fantasy player because I learn about a lot of players that I would never pay attention to. But at the same time, I catch myself looking at my phone more than a game, and I have to kind of switch between the two. But, I mean, it's, it's definitely definitely red zone. It's It covers every single game. It covers probably the most important parts of the game, you know, when it comes to, you know, inside the 30, inside the 20. So I'm, I'm definitely a red zone person. Yeah, I'm I'm with that myself. I'm I'm a red zone guy, and I am with you, Justin. It's it's crazy watching red zone. Uh, oh, from three thirty really to four thirty on the red zone, zone. it is the most exciting no television you'll ever oh, yeah. find. Yeah, it's it's absolutely fucking incredible. It's, um, so, anyways, um, I'm sure everyone's Super Bowl picks uh, a little fans now as well um i'll start with mine my first one is not changed the patriots i was already picking to get out of the afc 
and win the Super Bowl this year. And now I think everyone else is picking them as well. Is that pretty easy? Um, I the Saints. I do think of my NFC team though. I I think the Saints are going to come out hot. I think the Saints are pissed off. I think Drew Brees wants to get himself into another Super Bowl because he's getting up there in age himself. You don't know how much longer he's got. Uh, you know, he's got to prove himself a little bit more in the playoffs because he's only got that one Super Bowl, that one Super Bowl appearance. So I think he wants to get back there. I think they're pissed off because they didn't get that no call. I think they have a very good receiving call. His chemistry with Michael Thomas is off the charts. 76% completion rate the last few years. Um, I, 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 th- I think they're going to have a very powerful offense. Really the only one I can see possibly in their way, maybe Dallas. I, I think the uh, experience of the Saints and possibly home field advantage would get them out of that uh, situation. But I'll go with you uh, first, Justin. What's your Super Bowl pick? Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I my Super Bowl pick, I wanted to go against the Patriots, but honestly until Tom and Bill kicked the bucket, like I I you have to put them in there. As much as I wanted to put the Chiefs, as much as I wanted to put the Chargers, I just you just can't do it. If you're betting money, if you have to go to a counter and slap cash down on a team, it has to be the Patriots. And as far as the NFC side goes, I, I'm with you there as well. I think the Saints, I think everything's written in the stars for them to do it. Uh, I mean, I think the Rams can maybe push them. Like you said, the Cowboys, I think, are probably their biggest competition for it. But I, the Saints and the Patriots, I feel like, are going to be the matchup. And then you get two awesome coaches in Sean Payton and Bill Belichick that can – sit there and scheme and go against each other. And they're two of the best guys as far as making adjustments within the game. And so that's, to me, I feel like that just sets it up for a Super Bowl to where quarter to quarter, you're going to see four individual different games. And it's, I feel like that's one that it definitely, it won't be a 10 to three, like what we just saw this last year. And I'd have to say out of that, the Patriots will probably end up coming out on top. Yeah, and I, I have to say, um, a, Drew, a Drew Brees Tom Brady Super Bowl matchup is actually something that I've always wanted to see, and I think the NFL itself has always wanted to see. I think fans have always wanted to see it because you've had these great Hall of Fame quarterbacks in the league together who who've never been able to go against each other in a Super Bowl. It, it would be fun to see. Especially that coaching matchup, like you said, Bill Belichick and Sean Payton would very, be a very different coach, uh, coaching matchup, I think, than Bill Belichick and Sean McVay. With all due respect, they he was just too young and too inexperienced to keep up with a guy like Belichick in a Super Bowl. So, what's your Super Bowl well, pick? Um, like everyone was saying, I mean, I, honestly, before this news, I was leaning towards Kansas City. You know, with their offense, another year of experience. But, you know, as I've learned over the past decade plus that you can't go against Brady and Belichick. So you definitely probably have to go with New England. I mean, Kansas City has a fighting chance, but 
as long as Antonio Brown and Gordon are able to keep their heads together, yeah, I just it's it's hard to see anybody beating New England and them not coming out of AFC again. Uh, and and definitely on the NFC side, um, I would definitely probably have to go with New Orleans. I mean, being so close the last two years, you probably got well definitely have one of the greatest backs of all time with Michael Thomas. You got Alvin Kamara. I mean. It, Definitely top three offense. I mean, the Rams could challenge them, but their biggest problem is, is Jared Goff going to take that next step? Is Ty Gurley even going to be healthy um, at the end of the year? So I can't really see in, see them challenging them. The only real chance they have is if they can get home field advantage because if it's in New Orleans, I pretty much see it's going to be a New Orleans-New England Super Bowl again. And honestly, I, I – it's a coin flip because New Orleans definitely has the offense to stay with them. Their biggest problem is going to be is whether their defense can stay in the game because New England definitely has the better um, the better defense when it comes to the two teams. So as much as it pains me to say it, it looks like it's going to be another New England Super Bowl and probably another parade for you. So <laughs> I think the yeah. only way to stop that from happening is yeah, having the pay- – the Super Bowl being down in Miami, and we all know how the Patriots and Tom play down in Miami. <laughs> the Saints have to hope for one of those games. That's all we can go with. not making it to the Super Bowl, okay? <laughs> as long as it's not the Giants, I think I'm all set. Or the fucking Eagles. Uh, so, yes, anyway, um, thank you guys for coming out. Um, that was LaShawn Binkley from Overtime Heroics, as well as Justin Holcomb from Overtime Heroics. Uh, some very good writers. You can check out their, uh, their stuff on OvertimeHeroics.com. Um, I am Steve Reisner, your favorite host from Slightly Biased. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Well, uh, happy football season. <laughs>